There are certain skills, critical skills, that you need, that we all need, not only to get ahead in our lives, but also to ensure a successful path forward for our children and for the survival of our constitutional republic. You're listening to All About Skills, where we discuss the eight critical skills you need to succeed and how CEOs, placement directors, executive recruiters, and career-minded individuals utilize them to propel themselves to a higher level of understanding and achievement. Get ready to learn, master, and excel with your host, Charlie Jett. Thank you, Anne, and welcome to It's All About Skills. This is a series of programs where we discuss the critical skills and their application in the real world. My name is Charlie Jett, and we're coming to you from our studio in beautiful downtown Chicago. I am an internationally certified coach, and I specialize in career management, skill development, positive intelligence, and career crises. Now today we're going to talk about careers, the critical skills, and the Harvard Business School. Now as you know, it doesn't take a genius to realize that the career world and the road to the C-suite have changed over the past few decades. No longer do many organizations chart clear career paths for individuals and then closely manage their progress. The traditional career ladder, as it has been known in the past, has gone by the wayside. It just simply doesn't exist. Career paths are now largely self-driven by the individual rather than dictated by pre-planned corporate ladders. This poses a major challenge for individuals who must now fend for themselves and manage their own careers. Just visualize the profiles of successful top-level executives as a mural, a mural with a mosaic of tiles that represent the skills and accomplishments they collected along the way to the top. If the picture you see is not crisp and sharp or has missing tiles, then these executives probably haven't managed their careers very well. On the other hand, if the picture is crisp and sharp, then this indicates good career management. Now, when executive recruiters are engaged to find and present candidates for top-level positions in an organization, they systematically look at the skill mosaic of candidates, those individuals whose mosaic fits, or nearly fits, the position specification are, proceed, are pursued. Ultimately, then, one is hired. Research into executive searches shows that top-level executives in virtually all fields possess a set of critical skills that cut across all the disciplines. Now, this isn't theory. This is a fact, and it has been for a long time. Now, this is how the critical skills were discovered by the research. 30 career capstone positions were selected for review from the files of top-level executive search firms. And for each of these 30 positions, approximately 30 actual searches were analyzed to determine exactly what those executive search firms were looking for in terms of candidate skills and accomplishments. Now, the results painted a clear mosaic of each of the capstone positions, but they weren't the most important finding. Of greatest importance was the discovery that there were certain critical skills that were included in virtually all these positions, and no matter what was the particular discipline. 
So my main conclusion was as follows. The critical skills are essential in any career path. They offer the keys to advancement and ultimately to the top. Accordingly, development of these skills is vitally important in career management. So here are those critical skills in order of priority according to the research. First of all, communications. The communication skill is the most powerful skill on the planet. It is the ability to get ideas out of your head and into the heads of others, or alternatively, to get ideas out of someone else's head and into your own. The quality of the ideas or information, like whether that information is true or not, is immaterial when the principal aim is to convince an audience. This is evident, as you know, in the widespread and often nefarious use of the communication skill by politicians or politically motivated cable news hosts. The second skill was production. Now the production skill is the ability to take an idea from its conception to reality. In short, it's to make it happen. Now it can be simple, such as a group of high school students having an idea for a float in their homecoming parade and then building it, to something more complex, such as the life-threatening issue Apollo 13 astronaut Jim Lovell faced and then overcame when he said those famous words, Houston, we have a problem. The next skill is the information skill. And the, the information skill used to be the ability to find, to gather, sort, and process information. Now, this is no longer true. Instead, the information skill is now the ability to sort and extract relevant and true information or data from the vast expense of the internet. Now the next skill is the analysis skill. And the analysis skill is basic logic, which is formulating a hypothesis, which is called P, testing it for validity and truth, and then drawing a conclusion, which is referred to as Q. In other words, its aim is to ascertain if P implies Q. Now this is the kind of thing management consulting firms do all the time. They gather, da gather data, they test it for relevance and factual correctness, develop their findings from valid data, and then they draw their conclusions. And from this solid analysis, they can then make their recommendations with confidence to their clients. Now the next skill is the technology skill, and it is not the, the ability to design technical things like cir circuit boards. Rather, the technology skill is the ability to select the appropriate technology necessary to solve a problem. Examples include an author selecting a word processing program, such as Microsoft Word, to write a book, or a financial analyst using an accounting software program, such as QuickBooks, to review quarterly earnings. Now, the next skill is the interpersonal skill. And the interpersonal skill has been often described as the ability to make friends or to be liked by others. But that's not really what it is. In this context, the interpersonal skill is achieved and demonstrated by leading or participating in a project of some sort with others. And at the end of that project, being viewed as having contributed in some positive way to its success. It incorporates and make use, makes use of such concepts 
as emotional intelligence and positive intelligence. The next skill is time management. Now the time management skill is the ability to prioritize and devote the appropriate amount of time to the more important things. As an example, you begin the day and realize that you have 10 things to do. Four are critical, so you focus your time on those first, do your absolute best, and then for the rest, you also do your best, but sometimes, as we all know, you have to fake it. And the last skill, although this was not one that was identified through the research, is the continuous education skill. As you know, as the world is changing rapidly and new technologies and industry sectors are constantly emerging, it has become paramount, even mandatory, for aspiring executives to keep abreast with these changes and modify or acquire new skills relevant to their career path. So those are the critical skills, and they include, again, communications, production, information, analysis, technology, interpersonal, time management, and continuous education. Now let us turn to highly successful people and consider how they use these critical skills. And if you do this exercise, you will find that in virtually any examination, you discover that these individuals have and use the critical skills. In fact, the set of critical skills describes any chief executive officer, or even the President of the United States. Now there's been much written in blogs, journals, and magazines that outline the skills corporations are looking for. We see these quite frequently. And generally, these lists are based on recent surveys, or in some cases, just the writer's notions of what is relevant at the time. Some skills aren't really skills at all but may be more appropriately called attributes, like vision and confidence. Some attributes may be learned while we are born with others. In contrast, however, the critical skills are learned skills. An individual is capable of learning these skills at any time in his or her lifetime. Skills are learned primarily through practice and repeated use over the years. Surely, acquiring these skills can be expedited through workshops, seminars, webinars, and similar teaching formats. If you haven't really figured it out by now, and we're turning to the Harvard Business School, the Harvard Business School is in the business of teaching the critical skills. In a sense, the curriculum of the Harvard Business School is the critical skills. Surely through analyzing the many case studies that students are exposed to at, Harvard, at the Harvard Business School, they learn current analysis methodologies and ways to look at marketing, financial, production, and organizational skills. But let's face it, these aren't the most important things that they learn at the skills. The core of the curriculum and experience at the Harvard Business School is to enable students to practice the critical skills in front of others. Just think about it. You are placed in a group of 70 or so peers, many of whom are smarter than you, and you're given a case study of about 40 or 50 pages concerning some business or organizational issues. You read the case and you sift through all the information that is presented, and, and, and much of it is irrelevant. 
You then identify the important issues, the relevant information, then you develop your findings, what that information means, and then you draw your conclusions from the findings. Then you decide what the executive who is facing a challenge in that particular case should do based on the evidence. Then you go to class, and the professor doesn't stand in front and lecture. Instead, the professor might point a finger directly at you and say, okay, why don't you start us off today? Gasp. There you are. Now you have to mobilize your best communication skills and articulate your case analysis in front of the 70 or so classmates who are sitting on the edge of their seats waiting to argue with you about your findings, make their points, and essentially debate the essence of the case. This is what the Harvard Business School does three times a day for two years. Is that practicing the critical skills? You bet your life it is. And while there are many other excellent business schools that employ the case study method, the Harvard Business School, with its entire focus on the case study method, stands out. It has been in the past, currently is, and most likely will remain near to or at the top of the heap. It's no surprise that Harvard Business School provides the essential foundation for success. Basically, after complete, completing their studies at the Harvard Business School, students have the critical skills etched into their DNA. Now, it's important to point out that the effective use of the critical skills doesn't mean that someone uses just one of them. In fact, they often piggyback on one another. Looking back over 230 years ago, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay made effective use of the piggybacking the critical skills as they persuaded the citizens of the state of New York to ratify the Constitution of the United States. They used their communication skills to write persuasive essays, now called the Federalist Papers. They used the current technology of the day, a quill, paper, and the newspapers, and they were effective with their production skills as they successfully and ultimately persuaded citizens to make it happen, to ratify the Constitution of the United States. Now, on balance, many factors contribute to success in a career. Near the top of a list of those factors, the critical skills are prominent. If they are strong, your chances of success increase. If they are not strong, however, don't be surprised if others with those skills pass you by. That's why the importance of developing and using the critical skills throughout your career cannot be overemphasized. They are proven learned skills and will serve you well. Now, I published an entire book a couple of years ago about the critical skills, and that book is available on Amazon.com. The title of the book is Wanted, Eight Critical Skills You Need to Succeed. I also have a blog containing several hundred posts that describes how the critical skills can be used or have been used in a wide variety of ways. That blog is criticalskillsblog.com. And I have a podcast that not only describes these skills, but includes interviews with prominent individuals who have successfully utilized these skills as contributing significantly to their success. That podcast is titled, It's All About Skills.com. Just one long word. 
So in wrapping this up, here are some final thoughts and tips. First, recognize and embrace the fact that learning and master, mastering the critical skills will help you advance in your career. If you are a current student at the Harvard Business School, recognize the value and importance of the critical skill. Understand that the Harvard Business School is where you can learn and practice them in a safe space. And don't be a backbencher sitting in the back just taking notes. Participate actively in every class, no matter how uncomfortable that may make you feel. And it should make you uncomfortable as you learn. But that's the way you learn the critical skills. Now, if you're graduating from the Harvard Business School or and then are evaluating several attractive job offer, offers, take the job with the high, highest quality organization you, find, you can find where things are done right, or most of the things are done right, and there's a chance that you can learn from the best. Work as hard as you can and concentrate on learning the critical skills. And throughout your career, when you are offered opportunities for training, Choose those that will help you exercise and build your critical skill muscles. Finally, encourage your children to begin learning those skills at an early age. Encourage them to participate in class, to participate in such extracurricular activities as debate and speech, teamwork activities such as sports and the performing arts. Give them an early start toward success in their lives. Well, that's it for today, and I want to thank you so much for being with me today on It's All About Skills. I want to wish you best of luck as you embark and transverse that often crooked path in today's complex career world. My name is Charlie Jett, and I'm an internationally certified career coach, and I specialize in career management, skill development, career crises, and positive intelligence. And you can get in touch with me through my different websites, charliejetcoaching.com or the podcast series about positive intelligence, podcastpq.com. So I want to thank you all for listening today, and we'll see you next time as we discuss the critical skills on It's All About Skills. Thank you for listening to this episode of All About Skills. To learn more information about the critical skills, be sure to visit itsallaboutskills.com for access to resources like blogs, field studies, published books, and more about how to learn, how to use, and how to teach this important content. That's exclusively available on itsallaboutskills.com. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode so we can continue to help you learn, master, and excel by using critical skills right here on All About Skills.